Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. Welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever the heck in the world you are. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live with Harley Schlanger, a man who needs no introduction at this point. You can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, the SchillerInstitute.com. And with that being said, Harley, how are you? I'm doing fine, V. There's no shortage of things to work on. <laughs> You're absolutely right, man. I mean, where where do you want to begin? I mean, there's so many things that are happening, uh, so many things that are coming out. Uh, I mean, it, it's an absolute smorgasbord, Harley. Well, I'm in the midst of an article now on what I call the the uh, disinformation uh, industrial complex, mm. uh, abbreviated as the Dick. And <laughs> What I'm, I'm looking at is the proliferation of evidence of media corruption. 
And, you know, we've talked about this from time to time, but just go back in the last couple of months to the reaction to the Hirsch expose. Uh, no one has been able to effectively counter what Seymour Hirsch said was uh, what was done to blow up the Nord Stream pipelines. And yet the media is still refusing to cover it. They're running these stories like the uh, uh, New York Times or the Zeit saying that it was a, a charter boat. It was a pleasure craft. Yeah. You know, people dove down however many feet from a pleasure craft with no It, it, it was really guys that were looking for abalone. They were abalone divers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have, this is one story. Then you have the Twitter files and all the attempt to discredit Matt Taibbi and, and his team when, in fact, no one's dealing with the, cons, the, the, the consequences of what was done, which is that you had an intelligence operation run through a private company to shape an election. Isn't that what we were supposed to be protecting against with Russiagate? And of course, if you look at the then the other thing that came out the other day, Mike Morell admitting that it was Tony Blinken who triggered him to write the famous uh, Russian, classic Russian disinformation letter to counter the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop. So you just have one of these things after another, the Pentagon leaks. You know, and what, what's the story on the Pentagon leaks? Well, no one seems to be interested in accountability for the fact that the U.S. government is lying and spying. What they're interested in is how did this 21-year-old get the documents? So it's, a, in a sense, a repeat of the Assange case where no one's interested in bringing accountability to the war crimes of the U.S. war machine. Instead, they want to jail or kill the person who brought the message. So when you look at these things, there's no question that there is a disinformation industrial complex and that it's an integration of the corporate cartels that have a grip, a stranglehold on U.S. And, and European policy, and at the same time control the narratives through the media cartel. And then through the two of them, plus the money, uh, control the corrupt networks and political parties in all the so-called democracies. Right. So when you look at this and then you, you talk to people and you, you start briefing people on this and they say, yeah, well, they're too powerful. You'll never be able to stop them. Well, they're not so powerful. With all their, their money and all their media and all their big tech, they still haven't stopped the story from getting out, and it's going to get out more and more. And so the question is, why aren't you doing something about it? And I think that's, that's the point that we're at right now, which is that people have to do something. And I'll just tell you something you'll appreciate, V. You know my friend, Jose Vega, who's been doing these interventions? Sure. He just did another one. Oh, wow. Where? The, the Columbia School of Journalism, where it had the editors of the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, a couple of others who were talking about the press and freedom. Oh, my God. Jose so stood up and said, you know, aren't you the papers that, that broke the Pentagon papers back in the, uh, from uh, Ellsberg? And aren't you the ones who uh, the My Lai massacre story and so on. So how come you're not talking about the Cy Hirsch expose? How come you're not doing anything about the fact that the Biden administration is lying about what's happening? I, I, I have it lined up right here. Here we go. There it, is. there it is. And Jose is fearless 
And this now has. A I, total... I want to interview him. Well, you should. I'll, I'll yeah. arrange it. I'll Absolutely. arrange it. Love to have him on. Fellow we have. Uh, the, I'm told there's internationally 15 million views of this video. Good God, that's awesome. And the New York Times editor just sits there frozen. The Washington Post <laughs> editorial assistant at some point says, well, let the moderator say something. And he said, I don't want to hear from the moderator. I want to hear from you, you guys in the press. Can't you answer? Shouldn't we be talking about Nord Stream and, and on and on and on? So right. uh, people can find it. I, I have it pulled up right here, Harley. Here we go. Okay. Shouldn't we be talking about the Nord Stream since that's the biggest story of the century? And you guys, you know, I mean, you have the executive editor of the New York Times there who came out with a phony story to try and block Seymour Hirsch. It just, all of you are executive editors of papers that broke Pentagon, My Lai, Watergate. Is this the same papers or not? I mean, is there anything you've gotten right in the last 20 years or am I mistaken about that? Iraq, wrong. Syria, wrong. Russiagate, really wrong. Okay, I mean, the list goes on and on. So will you at least say something either about Nord Stream or Ukraine or the fact that Zelensky brought us to the verge of World War III and the only reason we knew about that was through leaks? I'm, go ahead. It's a free speech event, right? You guys are the press. I just want to hear what they have to say. Go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they uh, I think they 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 crap their pants hourly. Well, it, it, what what's clear is they have no answers. None. And that's why Jose is effective because he knows the answers and he's giving them a chance to either expose themselves or to ask for forgiveness. And of course, these are such arrogant bastards. They're not going to ask for forgiveness. They don't want accountability. And they've got the man they want in the White House right now who can barely go in and out of a door. Yes. So, you know, the the other thing that, that has come up, you just had that as your second clip, the Tucker Carlson story. Uh, you know, I, I have my quarrels with Tucker, but Same. the fact is he's come a long way on this question of the Ukraine war. And I think given time, he'd probably figure out the same people pushing for war in Ukraine were pushing for war, are pushing for war with China. And so you've got uh, with Carlson something that's highly inconvenient, the, the most popular news host in the country who was fired for telling the truth. So this just goes right to the heart of what I'm talking about, this disinformation industrial complex. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Harley, what are the sentiments right now in Europe? How are things with the populace there? Are they pushing back against what is occurring? Are they waking up as we're nearing the, the end of this whole entire Ukraine fiasco? Well, you know, the, the, these so-called Pentagon papers supposedly released by this 21-year-old National Guardsman, oh, yeah. there's almost no coverage, almost no coverage of this in Europe even though it reconfirmed that the U.S. is spying on all of its allies, that the whole narrative about Ukraine is a lie. I was just watching Scott Ritter this morning, who just devastated the, the argument that there's going to be a spring offensive. Um, so, you know, in Europe, there's sort of a, a pause now where people are saying, okay, we've given them all the weapons, we've given them all the money, what's going to happen? 
And one of the things Ritter said is that, well, yes, we've delivered the weapons. We've delivered them to warehouses that the Russians are blowing up. So you, you have a certain disbelief that the political establishment can be so stupid. No, they are. Well, that's, I mean, I think the disbelief is turning into belief because you have <laughs> people like this this pathetic woman who's the foreign minister of Germany, Annalena Baerbock. Oh, no, the, the trampoline artist. Yeah, the trampoline artist. She, <laughs> she goes to China and starts lecturing Xi Jinping about democracy. Now, given where she comes from, given that the Germany is now following in the footsteps of Hitler by providing weapons to Nazis to attack Russia. Yep. Uh, one of the Chinese papers just said, apparently she knows nothing about past history or contemporary policy. And uh, that's a totally accurate statement. She's got a sidekick named Habeck, who's the economics minister. Oh, yeah. Who, Zero schooling in economics, by the way. Zero. Well, and she has no schooling in foreign policy, except she right. listens to Blinken. Now, then you have the, the strange character of Tony Blinken, who just was outed by Mike Morell, the former acting director of the CIA, who said it was Blinken who passed on to him, who triggered in him the decision to write the, the uh, letter signed by which actually is useful because it shows 50 former intelligence officers who are complete imbeciles who signed this thing saying the Hunter Biden laptop story has all the earmarks of classic Russian disinformation. No, that letter has all the earmarks of the collapse of the U.S. intelligence community's actual intelligence. Yeah. So the fact that Morell outed Blinken, what, what's that all about? And, and my friend Ray McGovern uh, in an interview yesterday said, well, it's possible they're deciding they have to change the policy on Ukraine, and this is a way to ease Blinken out the door. But then Ray said the problem is unless he takes Sullivan and, and uh, Victoria Newland with him, it's not going to matter much. Right. So I, I think the it, when you ask about Europe, uh, Macron is temporarily hoping that the trip to China uh, will calm things down, and also the fact that the Constitutional Court ruled that he has the right to be a dictator. But that's not going to calm anything down. Uh, keep an eye on what happens here on Monday, in Europe on Monday, because Monday is May Day. Yeah. And these are the days of traditional worker and labor demonstrations. Now, uh, speaking of demonstrations, in Berlin this week, this group called the Last Generation, which should be called the Lost Generation, Mm -hmm. uh, is working with Fridays for Future, which is the Greta Thunberg Intellectual Club. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. They're gluing themselves to the streets of Berlin. I heard they're using some sort of new industrial-grade uh, glue from Germany, which is like you got to jackhammer the person out. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but it, it, they're gluing them in busy intersections. For example, Kurfürstendamm or Kudam, which is the main street of, of what used to be West Berlin, the glittering enterprise or thoroughfare rather. And now you have people who are probably pro-green who are furious with the greenies. You know, yeah, it's okay if you protest, but don't glue yourself to our damn streets so we can't get through. Unbelievable. So it just, just the hypocritical insanity of the people who tolerate these criminals in office 
That's really where you look see at the these stuff. morons. Yeah, this is a special kind of stupid. Well, remember, these are the same people who threw pea soup on the the uh, paintings in the Louvre. <clears throat> people are this is this madness, this overprivileged madness from these punk, snot nosed middle class and upper middle class kids needs to stop, and these demented leftover hippies from the 60s who've reinvigorated themselves to rally over hyperbole, it has to come to an end, Harley. It's ridiculous. Well, and they're, they're using the 22 to 35-year-olds who are clueless, who have no direction, no uh, uh, commitment to anything, a sense of no future, and they're the ones who are the shock troops for this. There it is, the last generation. Oh, my God. Well, there's a funny story. I, I don't know if it's this one, but there's a funny story of a woman who was trying to get her, her infant uh, child to the hospital. And she couldn't drive through a thoroughfare because people had glued themselves oh, yeah. to the street. Yeah. And so she pulled over and went out and appealed to them. And they said, sorry, but your child has no future unless we succeed. And she said, if you don't get the hell out of the street, you're not going to have a future. Yeah. And the crowd surged behind her, cheering her as she was yelling at them. And she went and kicked one of the protesters, but they couldn't unglue themselves. So people formed a pathway, cleared a pathway on the sidewalk so she could drive through. That's, that's the insanity. Welcome to the West. This is, this, is, this is where we are now. This is where we are now. Just a level of incredible stupidity. Look at this. This guy had to be drilled out with a jackhammer. <laughs> well, this is what, uh, when, when uh, Lavrov talks about the post-Christian society in the West, this is this what he's is talking about. People who have no respect for human life. Uh, you know, they're, they're shutting down the economy. They talk about the need for taking care of the poor, and then they shut down the economy, which is the only way you can ever take care of the, the poor and people who have no resources. So it's and meanwhile, cities that have no money are having to spend overtime for police to rip people off the pavement. <laughs> Harley, I would have just walked over there, pour some lighter fluid on him and set him on fire and just left him. I mean, he would have burned like an effigy. At least he would have kept the place warm, especially in this energy crisis we're having. It would be a good, I mean, you know, human combustion at this point. Well, for your sake, V, I'm glad you're not over here because you might have done that and it might have started a new trend. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I mean, these people are insane. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part, right? It, it, it's, there's no logical discourse with these emotional midgets. There is no logical discourse whatsoever. Well, this is one of the points that Tucker Carlson made in his video last night, where he said there's no legitimate political debate going on in the country. None. It's all profiled. It's all polarization. And it's all controlled by a uniparty. Correct. And th that uniparty is going broke and bankrupt. Yeah. You know, just the, the other day, two days ago, there was the report that First Republic yeah. after getting a $30 billion bailout and then being able to draw on another $167 billion yep. uh, from largely J.P. Morgan Chase and a few others, the Fed Home Loan Bank and this uh, term loan uh, operation from the Fed. 
they're still going bankrupt. Their, their stock fell from 120 to $8 a share. They had to Maybe. stop trading. Now, people said, well, that's one bank. It was a bank that was overstressed because of the, the uh, programs they were involved in, the venture capital programs. No, it's the whole system. The small and medium banks have been forced in the same way the savings and loans were in the 80s to go into more risk so they could have some money to pay the interest that they, they need to pay on their debt. By going into more risk, they're just going into more debt. And their hope is that they'll get bailed out. Well, what happens if the Fed continues to raise interest rates? They're not going to get bailed out. And then right. you have chain reaction collapses. Or if the Fed does bail them out, you're going to have a uh, increased hyperinflation. Now, today there was the news from Japan that the inflation rate there, which had been coming down, it was 4.3%. It went to 3.6, then 3.4, mm -hmm. and then 3.2, and they thought it was going to go lower. It just jumped up again to 3.5, and the indicators are that it's on the way up. Yeah. Now, Japan is the one central bank that has not gone with quantitative tightening. So many third world countries and, and debt strapped corporations have been able to borrow from Japanese banks. That's not going to happen anymore. So the last outlet, the last lender standing is about to be lost because the Japanese are going to have to jack up interest rates. So what's going to be the effect of that? And it, just one other thing on the strategic situation to mention the idea that the South Koreans are throwing their lot in with the United States against China, they, they say it's to protect themselves from North Korea, but they're really, you know, Biden doesn't care if North Korea goes to war with South Korea. He wants another ally against China. Of course. Now, <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I, I did a radio interview yesterday and someone asked me, what would you say to a South Korean about this? And I said, look at Ukraine. How has the alliance with the United States and NATO helped Ukraine? It's helped you to become a bigger graveyard. The same thing would happen if South Korea accepts U.S. military support and provocation, not just against North Korea, against, but against China. And a, a very astute young Korean said in response, why don't we just lift the sanctions on North Korea and see if we can help them economically? And the host of this program said, well, what about that, Mr. Schlanger? And I said, wow, that's a good response. I wish we had people thinking that way in the United States. Because, you know, this is the problem of this Anglo thinking. Okay, this is the problem of it. Every, everything becomes a zero-sum game, right? Exactly. Every. Everything just becomes a simple transaction. It's a zero-sum game. Every every interaction, whether it's trade, whether it's commerce, whether it's economies or, mil or military, whatever conflict that or trouble there is, it's everything's a delicity's trap. Everything is a zero-sum game. You cannot only idiots who LARP about diplomacy and LARP about uh, uh, statecraft would play these stupid games because this is what it is. It's a stupid game. And the problem with the West right now is we are playing a stupid game and we are about to win a very, very, very stupid prize, Harley. 
Well, I saw a very interesting comment from uh, Scott Ritter on, he was asked about the discussion between Xi Jinping and Zelensky. And of course, Zelensky is saying, we got our point across to him. We, we've got to get all our territory back. And Xi said, well, I just kept saying, you've got to have peace. You've got to have peace. So they asked Ritter, what do you make of this? And he said that, well, so that Xi probably said to Zelensky, if you negotiate now, we'll help you rebuild. And he was asked, well, what do you think Zelensky said? And Ritter said, it's sort of like the scene in The Godfather where he makes an offer you can't refuse. But until the severed horse's head turned up in the bed of the director, yeah. he wasn't ready to deal. <laughs> and he said, that's where we're headed in Ukraine. Zelensky thinks he can get the Chinese to stop the Russian offensive. In fact, what the Russians are doing, it's not a military offensive. It is a special military operation. They're demilitarizing Ukraine soldier by soldier, weapon set by weapon set. Yep. That's what they said they intended to do. And they're denazifying them. And in the same process, it's a win-win-win because NATO and the United States is being demilitarized in the same process. That, that's exactly right. And so what you have with Ukraine is any decision to launch an offensive is going to be a decision to lose another 100 or 200,000 young Ukrainians uh, and some not-so-young Ukrainians, but people who are necessary for rebuilding the country. And the, you know, the, those who say, well, we can't tolerate boundaries being redrawn or things of that sort. Where were they when Yugoslavia was redrawn? Where were yeah. they when NATO bombed Serbia for 90 straight days with Madeleine Albright and Bill Clinton doing it for the sake of redrawing borders? Yeah. So this whole holier-than-thou rules-based order nonsense is a complete fraud. But it's a fraud that costs people lives. Lives and destroys nations. And, you know, it, it's made the United States a pariah among many people around the world who no longer see the United States as an ally in the fight for development. And that's, in the long run, the hardest thing we're going to have for, for America is to rebuild the trust in the United States. Now, I, I see you're putting up the uh, event we have tonight. That's my friend Rich Freeman, who's a very accomplished economist, is going to be discussing LaRouche's paper from the 1990s mm. called Trade Without Currency, mm. in which he talks about exactly what we're seeing now, the de-dollarization, the move toward using national and regional currencies for investment and trade that are backed by physical goods production as opposed to printing presses. Correct. So if people can join it tonight, it's 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's at uh, the LaRoucheOrganization.com. Uh, I think you'll find it very interesting. And if people uh, want to read that paper, Trade Without Currency, it's available at LaRouchePub.com. You'll see how far-sighted Lyndon LaRouche was when he was looking at this situation in the 90s. It's shocking. I, I have quite a number of Lyndon's books, and it's it's remarkable. The man is a... I, I don't say this lightly. The man is an absolute perennial genius, an absolute genius. Well, I'm probably not the best person to make a uh, judgment, an objective judgment on that. But I, I worked with him closely for the last 20 years of his life and for 30 years before that. And what I found is that if he didn't know about something, he could figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's largely a question of... Uh, 
how you think. And I, I was with him one time when we were meeting with a former CIA agent who was astounded by how much LaRouche knew. They were talking about Azerbaijan, where this guy mm. had been involved. And LaRouche knew the history of Azerbaijan. He, he knew so much. And the, the guy said, how do you know so much? And LaRouche said, well, it's all the way you order your mind. And this guy, who's a military veteran, said, I can give my mind orders all I want, and I'm not going to get this kind of result. <laughs> but LaRouche is talking about this idea of the what's the basis of creativity. Correct. It's you develop a quality of mind which is capable of, of making new discoveries through intuition because you do you start by knowing something, but you also know that the universe is organized by higher principles. And it's those knowing those higher principles that give you an ability to make forecasts and also to come up with solutions. Absolutely. So, you know, I think if people are interested, Richie Freeman, who's giving the talk, has been with LaRouche since 1968. So he predates me by a few years. Wow. Yeah, I definitely got to have him on as well. Harley, thank you so much. This has been an awesome uh, episode, as always. And V, I'll work on, I'll, I'll get Jose for you, because I think he'd like to do it. I would love to have him on. Fellow New Yorker, I think we'd have a, we'd have a lot of fun. I'm sure. <laughs> he is a real New Yorker. That's no, sure. I mean, Elliot New Yorker is going to have like some real cojones to punch these guys right in the jaw with some truth. Yeah. You know? Love it. Fantastic. Uh, folks, thank you all for listening again. LaRoucheOrganization.com. LaRoucheOrganization.com. Tonight is Trade Without Currency. You can watch it on Rumble or there's the dial-in number right there. Here's the access code. You can listen live or watch it live. So it's going to be tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Is it Eastern time? Yeah, Eastern. No, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, Eastern time. Yeah. So go check that out. And also check out uh, the SchillerInstitute.com. SchillerInstitute.com. With that being said, Harley, thank you so much for being here and week. sharing. See you next week. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>